Welcome to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Megan, a mindset coach passionate about helping you feel empowered to be your most authentic and confident self. In these episodes, you can expect to find raw and honest solo conversations, practical tips, inspiring interviews and insights that will cover topics like self-awareness, self-development, anxiety, health, and so much more. If you're ready to take back ownership of your life and feel confident to step into who you truly are, then this podcast is for you. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Becoming You podcast. Today I'm chatting with Sasha Lowings. She's the founder of a women's community called Ladies on Fire, which is all about helping women feel empowered to take control of their financial futures. She's also a mentor in a private mastermind and she works in marketing. Welcome, Sasha. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. It's such an honor just to have this space to share more of myself. So thank you. Mm, You're so welcome. And I really wanted to have this conversation like I was just saying before this is something that I'm I'm really passionate about but it's something I've not sort of talked about like openly um anytime recently and so I just love this chat that we're gonna have today and I love like what you're doing so I want to dive straight in (laughs) right and I'd love to know like why it was that you created this community for women and what your purpose is and what it's actually all about Yeah, absolutely. I was reflecting on this just last week because I was doing, you know, this time of year, um, a great time to stop and reflect. And I think my purpose is ever evolving. But I think from an early age, the thing that has really lit my soul on fire has been about creating spaces and communities where people can really thrive and also just show up as their authentic selves. So creating communities where people can show up as their authentic selves, but also experience connection um, in a safe space. I think at the heart of that, I've just loved, like in different aspects of my life, loved bringing people together. um, And at the heart of it, just love to make a difference and love to have people feel part of something. And I think at that sort of core purpose, it's allowed me to venture into different avenues. And, you know, I think one of those has uh, been my women's community that I founded ladies on fire um which really I started about three and a half years ago I moved to Melbourne and I didn't know anyone and around that time as well I started my business journey I was really fortunate to get mentors get connected to a private mastermind group and it just opened my eyes up to a different way of doing life you know I was I grew up in a very I guess, traditional sort of conservative, well, I'd say conservative compared to this, you know, different way of thinking and living. Um, And, you know, my outlook on life was I'm just going to work the nine to five. I'm just going to work nine to five until I'm 60 and have this very safe life, which is fine for a lot of people. Right. And what a lot of us get told is the thing to do anyway, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's how society conditions us to think from the traditional education system which isn't wrong it's just it's it just teaches us one way of thinking and so I think deep down I really had this like desire for wanting to do something more and wanting to do something different and I really got access to that by having first-hand mentors and, and people that showed me that there was a different way to do life and so yeah from starting in business and going down that path it really just opened my eyes up and then I started running different events. So I loved bringing people together. One of my first ever events was uh, just this entrepreneur event where I talked to, well, I got different business owners in the room from a sustainable 
uh, activewear label to another woman doing um, just a sustainable fashion brand. And it was such a success. And I remember I had like 60 people there in the space of organising it in like a month or so. And in the room, you know, it was at the Women's Centre in Melbourne. And I just remember seeing all these different women, you know, connecting, sharing stories and just leaving feeling inspired. And I just Mm. remember thinking like, yeah, this is something that I want to do more of. I want to be in environments where people are learning, growing and, um, yeah, just I guess discovering more about themselves. I love that. That's so good. Yes. Did you did you seek out like a, a mentor or like, you know, to get into personal development or did it kind of find you? Because I feel like it's different for everybody. <laughs> it did in a way find me. Yeah. It was one of those, um, I would say synchronicities, but I didn't really know what I was looking for until I knew what I could have. I was really fortunate to get a connection through a friend who was sharing about, you know, the power of mentorship in her life and and what that had meant for her. And it was only through that conversation where I was like, oh, that is something that I want too. And I was really fortunate to to get a connection and a referral. But um, I guess most people don't know what they want until they know what they can have. It's like the Steve Jobs and the Apple iPhone. Right. (laughs) the market research he didn't do any because no one knew they wanted 400 songs in their pocket until they knew that they could have it (laughs) Mm, so true so true and I think I think as well even having that belief that it's possible too because someone might show you and might say oh yeah I do this thing or this is a life you can have and it's very common for people to go yeah but that's not going to work for me or I couldn't do that yes yeah Mm. Absolutely. And then I think, yeah, having firsthand experience of people that are living the life and do have that belief, it's definitely rubs off. And I think the power of association is so key, right? And it can really transform your beliefs about yourself and and what you think is possible. So, so yeah, I've started running events and then from there it kind of evolved more into this financial education and empowerment space. Um, you know, I really started diving deep into this world of entrepreneurship and cash flow and wealth creation. And, you know, around that time, I was not great with my finances. I <laughs> didn't even follow really a basic budget. I think so. I started my entrepreneur journey at the age of 24. I'm 29 now. And it was, yeah, it was like I was blind, bleeding the blind. I, I knew I loved to build community. I wasn't an expert in the financial empowerment space, but I knew I wanted to learn and I was just soaking up so much information. And even I would speak to friends around me and no one was really knew how to do a basic budget. And I started just educating myself further, speaking to different people and, you know, discovered all sorts of things. Like one of the, um, the rising, the biggest growth or the biggest age of homelessness in Australia is women over 55 and that really comes down to I think two things so one obviously um, relationship breaks breakdowns and marriages a lot of the time or just even in different dynamics and then second part of that is you know financial literacy so a lot of women not taking ownership earlier on and not having that solid foundation to set them up obviously there's a number of other factors that play into that but I think with that knowledge and just with wanting to empower myself, I started this community where I started getting guest speakers to come in and share content around financial knowledge. Um, I hosted book clubs and events and over time it just grew organically where 
there's a space where women can come together and just talk openly about their finances and and learn from each other. And I think at the heart of it, it's just shared knowledge and also connection. Yeah, I love that. It's such, it has such an impact. And I think what you said about, you know, that statistic is probably because, you know, you're in a relationship, you maybe don't take care of the money. It's not, you don't need to, if you've had kids, maybe you're more of your role is to do that side of things and so you don't need to manage the money. And then suddenly you, you have to, and you don't know what you're doing. And it's, you know, it all kind of falls apart, right? <laughs> For a lot of people it does, yeah. Yeah. And and I can relate to about the, the budget. I never really had a budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that, you know, that also comes down to living within your means too, which I actually think is something that is people struggle with these days um, because we all want all the things. We want all the things. <laughs> we we want to do all the things. We do. There's so much that you can spend money on these days. It's really endless. So Yeah, truly. So I'd love to know, um, you touched on a little bit, but like a little bit about um, your upbringing and how you think that that sort of impacted the decisions that you then made to get you to this point, to be this person that's like, I want to create community or I want to really like talk about, you know, wealth and helping women. Like, where did that kind of come from? I, yeah, so I was raised by my dad. Um, I didn't grow up with a mom. She died when I was around 10. And um, I saw my dad, he was very, my dad was very successful in the corporate world. So I saw him work very hard. He came from a really poor family in South Africa. Um, mm. His dad was an artist and, you know, I think he, he came from nothing. And so he was always taught that education and work ethic um, was really key. And so he worked his way up to the top of the corporate pyramid and <laughs> did very well for himself. And so I think what, I mean, one thing that, I mean, I saw lots of different perspectives in this, but I think one of them was that, you know, I had someone in my life who was very successful and I always thought, and I saw him behind the scenes, like to me, he was just mm. my dad, you know, he was just my dad, but to other people, you know, he was this big shot CEO of this large company. And, you know, I saw him behind the scenes and he was just a regular guy. Like he had his faults. He had, um, you know, beautiful person, like most generous, loving, caring dad, but he was also just human. And I think what I, what that, what I saw in that was like, you know, I can have success too because we don't have to be perfect to have success in the way that we think a lot of people in the world have success because we often put people on these pedestals like they're perfect and they do everything right and yes absolutely they do a number of things well over time but you know you can have success like I always thought if he can have success why can't I why can't you why can't you know the average person that just applies themselves so I think seeing him work hard and have the success he did gave me access to that in a really kind of interesting way as I've looked at it Um, I did see a lot of his work habit and discipline and his mindset around how he went about his career um, and how he dealt with money Um, but I also saw around that how you know, he didn't have a lot of time, you know, corporate life really sold his life to a, um, to a job until he was in his early 60s or just before that. And I think I saw that and I was like, I want to have success, but just in a different way where I can leverage my time and create a level of financial independence. So I'm not just working in a job, but I have more freedom to live a purpose-driven life. Because 
I saw him in the corporate world and it was great, but I don't think the corporate world gives you all aspects of living a really, truly purpose-driven life, which is something that's just important to me. Might not be important to a lot of people, but for me, I really value relationships. Personal growth is a big one for me. Ownership over my time is a big one for me, like having that freedom to travel and do different things. Yeah. Um, And I just saw that that's not completely possible, just working the nine to five always. Yeah. No, I, I really relate to that as well. Um, my dad was very similar in that he he kind of always worked for himself and it was a lot of work, a lot of time, and that took priority. And so even though I saw success, I mean, we weren't like well off, but we also didn't want for anything, you know, like we just, we had everything we ever wanted. Even though I saw that success, I saw the sacrifice. Yeah. And it made me associate that success means you've got to pick that thing. You've got to pick the job. And I actually don't want that. Like I want to enjoy my life and like time. And so that almost created a story for me around why I couldn't be successful or why I shouldn't. Obviously at an unconscious level, right? (laughs) So mostly we're not aware of this stuff. Only recently I've been like diving into money stories. Um, And that was another thing I wanted to ask you about is like, what do you think in your world? Obviously you speak with a lot of women and yeah. you would, you would know that they're going to tell you about the things that go on in their lives and their struggles. So I wanted to know what is like a common thing that you find women struggle with in whether it's the mindset around it or just investing in themselves, like what comes up for people? Yeah. So many different things. Um, and there's all aspects of it. And I did have a think about um, a couple of things, but yeah, some things I think that people struggle with, obviously you touched on it before, but that money story, I think largely your view of the world is money evil or is it used as a resource? I think there's definitely a huge culture of, especially across Australia and New Zealand of this tall poppy syndrome. Right. You know, I want to earn this much, but not you know, that, that really high number, because otherwise I don't want to be too great. It's like, I'll be good, but I won't be too great because otherwise people might, you know, chop my poppy off and think I'm um, a capitalist or just money seeking. And so I think that mindset can be quite limiting for people in terms of, I want a good life, not a great life. And I think that can hold people back in that comfort zone. And then there's some like, you know, I guess more psychological things as well, but money comes down to largely behaviors you know we can set a budget we can do different things but it's ultimately going to come down to the behaviors that you have and the habits that you have um and I think a lot of the times things that throw people off you know women as well um number one I think is worldly things you know we get caught up we get so caught up in looking good we get so caught up in external appearances you know how people perceive us and you know, that car, that house, that the clothes, um, the nice experiences. And I think so often like people put too much emphasis on the external and not enough emphasis on the internal, you know, the growing yourself, the building the self-confidence because ultimately no money can buy that. You really have to work on that from the inside out and, you know, getting caught up in worldly things is just like it's a cycle that never ends. Oh my God, um, I'm nodding my head like so much. I'm like, <laughs> yes, because it's, oh my God, it's so true. It's so true because you can't get that internal like happiness from those external things. 
And I think you're right. People get so caught up in that thinking that it's going to be the thing that makes them feel better or makes them happier. It shows their status or people are going to love them or accept them. Mm. And it's like, you've got to be able to love and accept yourself. And that's, that's the hard part, right? Like, so it's easier to buy the things and do those things. And it is go inwards and go, okay, actually, this is about me. And this is going to be some hard, deep work that I need to do. Yes, absolutely. And we think that, you know, going like before a date or before a new event that we have to buy this new outfit for someone to like us. But it really is so minor in the scheme of a connection with someone. And, you know, I think appearance is important. Don't get me wrong. Like how you, you know, show up and how you present is important. But mm. um, you don't need to, like, I think the emphasis and the balance of that is sometimes people can place a lot of emphasis on that. Um, and part of that, I think, is also like a lack of values alignment for people, really looking at, you know, not understanding what people value. And even in a sense of like alcohol consumption, right? Like, this is something I've really had to address over the years. It's like, if I say health is in my top values, and then a large part of my spending is going on alcohol, then that's an issue for me because. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying one thing and then I'm doing something else. And, you know, that creates a lot of, um, you know, that cognitive dissonance where we say one thing and then internally we believe something else. And then, you know, you have people struggle with their identities because Mm. you're not sure of what you really value. I think that's big for people really looking at, well, what do you, what's truly important to you? And then how are you spending and aligning your life towards that? Um, Yeah. But we get yeah. caught up in our emotions, you know, like instant gratification and and things which make it difficult. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, like that could be a whole other topic to even go into. It's so because it's so true. Um, and the the congruency and the alignment, I think, is a big piece around that. Like, and and similarly for myself, I had a conversation with a, another episode I did with a, a girl who just did a year sober she's still sober but like we had a conversation around that and how she was grieving a version of herself that no longer exists and I'm going through that myself now because I'm also sober and for so long I was like oh I'm health you know I think this is really important and at the same time I'm like consuming alcohol three four times a week that just wasn't in alignment so I had to decide is this really what I value or am I just set, am I just doing the things because other people are doing it when really I believe that that's not for me. And I think it takes time to really know yourself and go, okay, no, actually this is what is important and then be able to like communicate it and stick to it, you know, regardless of what everybody else thinks. Right. Yeah, totally. Yes. You said about values as well. And you said that I remember you telling me that your, one of your highest values is values is contribution, which I love. Um, And I agree, values is huge. I think if you don't know why you do the things that you do, what's important, what motivates you, it's going to be really hard to to have your identity and and be really like sovereign in yourself. Um, But I wanted to ask you what, if someone doesn't really know what their values are and they're a bit lost, like what's something, what's some questions you can ask or how do you sort of get to those values for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a trial and error process and you know, there's a huge list of values that you can Google and look up online. And I would just say, like, try a few of them on for six months, you know, three months, a week, 
and see if you, you know, see if your life really aligns with what you say you, you value. Um, if you say you value adventure and then your life, you know, you're not really living in alignment with that or you try to live in alignment with that and it brings you a lot of joy and, and you say, yes, this is, a, this is important to me, then that's something you can just trial and error, you know, live your life through those value system and, and really discover if that's something that's authentic for you. Um, yeah, so it yeah. does come from a bit of, you know, over time, that self-reflection and figuring out, is this the kind of life that I want to live? And if so, yes, this is something that's important to me. Um, but values can change as well. And I think that's also okay. Like mm. you may value one thing at a certain stage in your life and then at another stage that might change due to circumstances or just, um, yeah, different stage based on, you know, different emotions and different people so um it can change but I think it's just realizing what's truly aligning to you and your I think it's important that they can change too and like that's okay like it's okay as long as it makes sense to you I think that's what we're basically saying isn't it in this is that it's not for other people it's what is important to you and like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about that um because we can't live our lives for other people and I think a lot of us do get caught up in that myself included for a very long time so values sort of help us you know connect back to yeah. that um contribution was one of yours what were your other values or your, some of your top values that you have I'm, I'm really curious about this <laughs> yeah uh contribution is up there I think everything I do um comes from a space of how can I like can I make a difference like how can I make a difference um and there's a lot of you know leadership principle in that as well but contribution making a difference is up there health is big for me I think if you don't have health you don't have anything it's really the foundation yeah of um of a really great life you know if that goes everything else is just sits on the back burner yeah health contribution human connection is really important to me um it's something I've noticed over the years that I really need to thrive in different situations. I'm not really like a transactional person. Or if I am, it's like it just doesn't serve the best part of myself. I really love to connect with people. I'm curious. I want to connect and then we can <laughs> move forward. But I think in every situation, I want to learn about people. I want to, um, I'm curious. I want to connect. So that's definitely up there for me in terms of how I like to live my life and also what's most important to me. Um, yeah. And then personal, like personal growth. So having growth as like growth is a value of mine. I'm constantly seeking ways that I can learn and improve and not be stuck. Like the idea of just standing still just doesn't serve me. I'm always reflecting. I'm always thinking about how I can improve slightly. And I think um, over the years, that's just really aligned and, and given me a lot of fulfillment. And then I would say lastly, spirituality is a big one for me as well. Um, just having that faith in the unseen. I think we live in a very unseen world, you know, mm-hmm. in our subconscious, in the world. And, you know, some people think it's a bit airy-fairy, but for me it's it's a way that's allowed me to feel really connected and peaceful, you know, connected and peaceful to a higher purpose and a higher plan mm-hmm. for my life that sometimes can't be explained and for me it's just given me so much peace and so much love for other people and um yeah that's been really important to me over the years as well I love the last one because I used to think spirituality was so woo oh my god (laughs) I just thought it was bullshit 
because yeah. I was a very cynical person and I just you know it wasn't a thing for me and now I am incredibly connected to spirituality and I believe there's I believe in the universe and there's something out there and I think there's something guiding me and every, I think something's guiding everybody and yeah. I think when you have that you're right it gives you that that sense of peace because you know that every single thing is happening exactly as it should yeah. as it's meant to be and like you are being guided by something yeah. that you can't see like you can't explain it no. but you just yeah. you just know like Pardon. you just feel it yeah oh so true I think we're all guided and there's I really believe that there's a purpose and a plan for everyone you know mm. Sometimes you'll discover that earlier on and sometimes, you know, it may take you a little while, but, um, you know, we're all here for some reason. I really believe that too. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so what would your advice be to someone who, like, wants to change her relationship with money? Maybe she's, I don't know, she wants to go into the new year and she's like, okay, I really want to, like, build my wealth or I want to I'm not in a job that I enjoy or all of these things where she wants to make change and she desires more where does she start (laughs) (laughs) yes well I would say the first thing that you want to think about is treating your finances like a lover and I love this because you know we have to, if we want to have a strong relationship with our our finances, we actually need to develop a relationship with them. Mm. Um, And if you think about a relationship, right, you need to give attention to your finances. You need to look at them. You need to really understand them. Um, You need to set dates and go out and like really spend time together, right? Yeah. (laughs) You need to check in um, and see how you're going. And you know, track constantly and have conversations. And so I think a big part of that, right, is is bringing awareness to your finances. And there's some systems and habits that you can put in place around this. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a big one is, you know, setting up a monthly review session for yourself or a weekly, whatever, you know, um, I guess consistent time frame that you want to have, whatever works for you. But have a time where you stop, you reflect, and you just take a look at your financial, you know, situation and understand where you want to go as well. I think having a clear goal will really help you navigate, you know, spending and saving. So having a goal, understanding where you're at, and then constantly tracking that and seeing where you're at, I think is a really, really great place to start. Like for myself, something that really transform my financial journey two things actually that transformed my financial journey was number one automating my bank accounts that was massive so giving myself a weekly spending amount and then having my accounts automate into investments I've got a business account and it was just an easy way for me to look at what am I saving what am I spending yeah. And then the second part of that was tracking my net worth every month, like looking at, am I making progress towards my goal? And for me, I have a, you know, a financial independence number. And so seeing that progress every month has been so, and sometimes there's not progress, right? Like the markets <laughs> at the moment are not doing very well. So <laughs> there's negative progress sometimes, but I think just having that awareness of, where I'm at and even from a savings point of view like I'm saving more the markets might be going down but I'm, I'm still saving more mm. so I think those things um, can be really really helpful for someone that is just wanting to yeah take that next level in their finances. I have a couple of questions from that the first is that 
a lot of people feel scared to look at their finances because they think it's going to make them feel worse. And I know I've been there too, where you look and you're like, oh my God, that's so terrifying. I can't believe I've spent this or I've done this or, oh my God, like I'm just, I'm just wasting money. And so looking at it makes me feel ick. Yeah. Like, what do you suggest with that? If you feel that way? I think you need to take a look at, yeah, what's underneath that? You know, what emotions come up for you when you look at your finances and and really address those emotions because it's probably holding people back. You know, if you get if you look at numbers on a page and there's something that comes up for you, I think firstly you've got to bring awareness to it so that you can transform that because you can't transform any emotion that you're not aware of. So really look at well, what comes up for you. Um, and then shift that perspective to, you know, if it's fear or anger or resentment that comes up for you, how can you transform that into a mindset of gratitude? You know, when you consciously look at your money and say, thank you. Like, I know there's mm-hmm. lots of practices where people, you know, I've done this in the past as well. Like as soon as you get a paycheck come in, you out loud express gratitude for your money and you say, thank you. I really appreciate this. Or you just have a practice where, you're practicing gratitude for the money that you currently have because, you know, a law of manifestation in the universe, it's like you can't actually create more from a lack mindset. You have to create from an abundant mindset. And that really starts with having a gratitude practice. Yes. No, I I actually really agree with that. And that's something that's helped me over the past year or so is the gratitude piece and just being like, you know, I have a job that gives me stable income on a regular basis. And that allows me to do things that I I love. Like, that's amazing, you know, and really being like, oh my God, I can go and have a coffee with a friend. I'm so thankful for that. And, and, you know, shifting that energy has definitely been helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, oh my God, two questions. Another thing's things come up. One of them was going to be, um, I know you do actually have some like, or you read um, books within your community. I wanted to know if there's any like, like a top, book that you recommend someone like has to read if they're wanting to build wealth yeah gosh there's so many great ones and I would say it really depends on what you're wanting to learn and what you're interested in but yeah definitely a few great ones that we've read over the years psychology of money so that really looks at you know your past childhood stories and looking at you know the deeper behaviors of how we spend and save money so that's a really really interesting one Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of investing in the stock market I really love the simple path to wealth Um, and that one really just talks about how investing can be really simple and I follow a very simple investing strategy outside of obviously business income and things like that where you know if you put your money in the market over time it will go up Yet so many people try to pick stocks and they try to beat the market, whereas there's actually research to um, say that, you know, you're going to have the same results if you just set and forget and keep your money in the market for a long period of time. And Mm. so really great book for people that are just wanting to kind of, yeah, learn a little bit more about investing in the stock market and not have the stress of picking individual stocks. Um, The What else? Your money or your life? is another really great one around the the psychology of every time you spend, it's actually your life's energy. Because if you think about how you make money, you're trading your time for money. Mm. Spend money, you're trading your life's energy away for that money. And so is what you're spending, is what you're buying 
actually worth your life's energy and that perspective around that. So those are three uh, great ones I would recommend. Thank you for that. Um, Especially around like the investing, which was another question I, I wanted to ask, which was, you know, say that you you feel like stable, but you do want to like build your wealth. So you want to invest in something. What is like something that you'd recommend? Because I know that stocks is like a, it's sort of a, it's a longer term investment, right? You said you put it there, it's like set and forget. And you know that it's going to build. But if someone was starting out, what would be something that they would potentially invest in? Yeah, well, I think at the core of investing, before you invest, you need to have capital. You can't invest in any asset class unless you have cash flow. And so I would say if anyone's looking to invest, you first need to generate more cash flow. And the number one way to do that is obviously um, if you have a job, increase your job income. But number two is starting a business, you know, starting a side hustle where you can generate that extra income to think about investing in different asset classes. So that would probably be my recommendation is seek out mentors, seek out people that are doing what you want to do and start something small, start something that can be scaled over time because that's the best way. That's the best investment, I think, is having a business that generates cash flow. Right. And there's so many ways you can do that these days. There really yeah. is. In the online world, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so many amazing thank you so much for going over all of that um super interesting for me too because I'm I'm on that like I have the capital I want to invest but I don't know what in so I'm on that journey um so I'm definitely going to look up the book that you recommended yeah (laughs) awesome and now I ask all of my guests this one question at the end of the podcast and it is um what do you think the wider impact of women doing the work to heal themselves has on the world Wow. Oh, I think about, I actually think about this often. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm like, what would the world be like? And I really see a world where women are doing the work as this sense of oneness. I think we have so much separation in the world. We have so much disharmony and disunity. And I really see a world where there is no separation, but we're really standing side by side, you know, holding hands, cheering each other on. I think you know, as women, especially, we experience so much comparison, so much jealousy. Yes. Um, And I think if we're in this world of growing and personal growth and just doing the work, this can really get dissolved. And I think when all of that can get dissolved, we just get to experience like consciousness and possibilities on a whole new level um, and really awake. You know, I think the collective group of women we could really awake just to new levels of love of abundance of um of breakthrough results in every areas of our life so I think there's so much value in doing the work collectively because we can really dissolve a lot of what holds us back which is that fear and that not enoughness which is all just an illusion Mm. oh I love that it is all just an illusion that's a goodie (laughs) <laughs> I love when I get these answers they're always so different but there's always like an underlying theme um well thank you thank you for speaking with me thank you and um, you're so welcome and yeah love this conversation if people want to get in your world where can they find you I'm most active on Instagram so I post most of my content on there I am on LinkedIn. I use the messaging function for that. So Instagram would be my main channel. We do, I do have a ladies on fire Facebook group. Um, Also on meetup, I run my book club and coffee catch-ups and events through there. So 
Instagram to contact me personally, Facebook group for Ladies on Fire and also Meetup. Amazing. Thanks so much, Megan. I really enjoyed the convo and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would share it on your Instagram and tag me at Megan Scobley underscore. Till next time, my loves.